When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello. Hello. And welcome back to Bretton Cliffs Flea Circus. My name is Cliff. Hello, and I'm Brett. Two hellos from you this yeah, time. Two hello, hello, nice. hello, hello. Did I ever tell you about the time when I played football? I played in a tournament when I was a kid, and we got to the, the semi-final, we beat the team that we're playing against, we got the final. But in the semi-final, there was this team came on and had like a ghetto blaster with them. And what they would do when they were when they were warming up, they would play the theme from Match of the Day while they were warming up. <laughs> yeah, but they're like all like kicking it like in yeah. like it was slow motion. It was insane. We were just pissing myself laughing. It was just insane. I mean, how old were you? How old? I think I was about eleven or twelve. Who were so, they? Who were the team? I can't remember who the team were, but we, I remember we were beating them, and it was like a, a seven-a-side tournament or something. And uh, it, it was like an all day thing. So we played loads of matches, got the semi final, and this say uh, this team trotted out of the match of the day. I mean, was that the manager's input? Do you think <laughs> this this will get them it? right going? This yeah, yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, we should do. We should play the match of the day theme tune. <laughs> make them think that they're playing at the top flight. <laughs> and then it, it skipped a bit, and the Grange Hill theme tune came on. Then it just started like <laughs> that didn't, pelting there. <laughs> Catapults at each other and that <laughs> pulling each other's ties. <laughs> uh, this is going in a completely different direction, but can you remember on Grange Hill where um, the guy got loft insulation on him and he, he, he was really itchy for for like loads of episodes? Um, but I'm sure I've mentioned this before and my dad will tell us when he gets in touch after this episode, but... Um, mm-hmm. I was forbidden from watching Grinch Hill as a child. Mm? Mm-hmm. Why? Adult themes. <laughs> that's that. It's not on, is it? You wonder, is that true? Uh-huh. Can't believe that. You never watched it? I just I I've got nothing, that. so I've got nothing else to add. But I would imagine <laughs> that loft, maybe it was asbestos. <laughs> <laughs> it could have it could well have been it could well have been but it, to my child and even now eyes it's loft installation and there's nothing wrong with that is there if you ever go in the loft it looks lovely to jump into obviously 
you wouldn't do that because you'd come through the roof. But it looks very nice, doesn't it? <laughs> it looks like, is it like wire wool? I think it reminds yeah. me of that. Yeah, it's like oh, a big, it's like orangey colour. Mm-hmm, the orange stuff. I know what you yeah. mean, Brett. I just didn't see it on the telly on Grand Show. There's nothing better than getting in the loft, is the cliff? It's probably my favourite thing to do, it's, getting in the loft. It's got um, a sense of danger and excitement yeah. in equal measure, uh-huh. hasn't it? Like it's It has. It's, it's like... It's like it's like looking in people's drawers, other people's drawers. I, I like, as a kid, I used to love looking in people's drawers. I'm gonna keep you know, the drawer where they'd keep all the crap, like little tiny toys. I'm still or... silent on this matter. <laughs> <laughs> or, or there was little, you know, there was things that you get in breakfast cereal, like the snap, crackle and pop man or mm-hmm. whatever. But the loft is a bigger version of the draw, I find, <laughs> with like mystical toys mm-hmm. from like long ago. Well, I know we talked about you loft. getting in my loft and my mum and dad's before like yeah. COVID happened. And I was just talking uh-huh. to my mum the other day and, you know, the, the stuff's still there, obviously. It's still <laughs> there. So much stuff I'm, in there that you would love to explore. I'm going to have Here's to do a question. Have you ever been in another man's loft? Um, have I been in, well, I've been in somebody else's loft, yes. Um, Ooh, and, not a man, I, I guess a lady's loft. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I, I, I could, you would assume that you, you would call it a lady's loft, yes. So, yes, I have been in, in a lady's loft. Have you what been in another man's loft? I have uh, another loft story after this. Only, like, you know, there's often a thing, and it, it happened again on Twitter this week, where people go, oh, what, what was it? when you were a kid that made you realize like there was richer people than you or you were working class or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think when I went to junior school, everyone in me junior school was on free dinners, I suppose. I didn't have packed lunch, I had free dinners. But when I went to senior school and I realized like I was in a very small minority of people on free dinners, then that was probably uh-huh. that. Um, but also my other thing was when you went around to people's kids' houses from your school and there was patio yeah. doors. Patio doors, yeah, patio yeah. doors, oh, and uh, and people who went on foreign holidays because we never did that as kids. Um, but yeah. anyway, the other thing that made us think of it was every now and then you'd go to someone's house and the loft was converted and it was like into a playroom or something like that. Yeah, I know that, that, was, that, exciting. Was, that was, but it does take away the frisson of like danger <laughs> finding from, toys, yeah, from, you that, know, that, an, it an certainly un- does. An unkempt loft, which is, I presume, what you're talking about. Where anything that is exactly what I'm talking buy about. Buy a torch or maybe a little lamp that's hanging there oh, that you have yeah. to switch on. Just a bulb. Generally, it's a just bulb. a bulb. Yeah, that, just... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that could easily set everything on fire. Yeah, just a, a raw <laughs> a hanging bulb. bulb. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that, that's the kind of loft I'm talking about. <laughs> but oh, 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 mate, uh, Gary Tiannan, he used to uh, tell a story about his brother. Was it De Niro's that uh, yeah. nightclub that yeah. was? Uh, well, he went in, in the, a car park. He went in the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, for people who don't know, his brother somehow found a way to get into the loft of this nightclub. <laughs> and what what they would do is they'd order their drinks, loads of drinks, and then they'd take them and make their way to the loft and sit in the loft and drink their drinks and then... through the bathroom though, and then they go in the <laughs> toilet yeah. and then go yeah. in like. Lift the uh, the ceiling uh-huh. tiles off and climb yeah. into the climb, climb into, into the, the loft. <laughs> <laughs> Insane. <laughs> so yeah, there's well loft stories for the week, but we've got another story, haven't we? Twitter madness. 
Twitter madness before you talk about the Twitter mm-hmm. while we were still semi on the subject of football. Semi lofts. Like semi loft. Oh, um, Frank Worthington died, and he uh, did. He is one of the. I think he's the, one of the greatest players I never got the chance to see, other than on TV. I would love to have seen him yeah. in the flesh, and I didn't realize until the day he played for Sunderland. Didn't they? I think nineteen eighty two. I think yeah. he played for Sunderland. Yeah, games he was one of my uh, my dad's favorite. He's one of my dad's favorite players. Him, and uh, he's read his book and everything, and he loved them. So he was over the moon when he signed for Sunderland, but. Oh, he was one of them Mavericks, wasn't he? Yeah, 19 games for Sunderland and a couple of goals, but apparently played a big part in keeping us up or whatever happened that year. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, also, if you look at the pictures of him playing for Sunderland, uh, he really already looks like he's not a footballer anymore. <laughs> <laughs> he's a big fan of Elvis and that, wasn't he? He used yeah, to wear like... He, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some of the go- I've seen some of the goals that he scored and uh, they're absolute crackers, aren't they? Did you ever see him on Celebrity Footballers Come Dine With Me? <laughs> no, but you have talked about this before. Who, who else was he on? Fashionu, Neil Ruddick, Carlton Palmer, yes. and Frank Worthington. Uh-huh. So it's a bit weird in that the other three all played together in the same era. Yeah. And uh-huh. one guy from the 70s <laughs> like, was in it. <laughs> but he was he's so good. If anybody... If you can find it, I've tried to find it on YouTube today, and there's a couple of little clips, but it doesn't mm-hmm. show that I couldn't. I only had a quick look, but I couldn't find the full thing. But if it's ever repeated or you can find it anywhere, you've got to watch it. It's so good. Yeah, he's a man who has never cooked a single thing in his life, and he's meant to be cooking a three-course meal for these three <laughs> other fellas. He doesn't. He, he's so out of his yeah. depth, but he's like <laughs> trying to style it out as well. Like he's like he's doing. Honestly, it's so good. The thing that yeah. always gets me is he's making a starter. He's going, I'm making a avocado vinaigre, and uh, he doesn't know what vinaigre is. I think he means vinaigrette, like a vinegar dressing, obviously. And uh-huh. all he does is he gets half. An avocado and drizzles <laughs> malt vinegar on the top. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. And I think he's got his daughter there with him who's going like, Dad, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. And he's like, oh, they'll be all right. They won't know. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't got a clue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that was good. Honestly, and I bet that's, they're sitting there going, oh, this is lovely, this, Frank. Well, this I think because it's like Neil Ruddick and stuff, they take, they're all taking the piss out of each other. So yeah. Uh, uh-huh. but, uh, yeah, what a legend. Um, so, yeah, all right. Yeah. To Frank. We keep okay. going back to the football, don't we? Because, uh, <laughs> not a <laughs> no, football what's, podcast. No, it's... <laughs> it's not a football podcast, but there you go. So, I watched the Newcastle game on uh, when was it? It was Saturday, late Saturday night. Okay, and uh, it was quite possibly <laughs> the worst performance by any football team I've ever <laughs> seen in my whole entire life. You should put like that. I know people always say this when clubs are in trouble, but just put the yeah. under 21s out. Like, in fact, uh, yeah. get and put the under 21s out, under 23s mm-hmm. now, I know it is, but also yeah. managed by the under 23s manager, and it would be better. <laughs> Well, I, I mean, Wade Sullivan have been really bad. And the only thing that I can remember it being as bad as was when we were uh, under Grace in that time. Oh, I mean, yeah. they, they were just really bad. I mean, they, they didn't even want to try and win the ball back. There was like no appetite <laughs> to win the ball back or it anything. Awful. It was like it was. we were on the pitch and just thought, we, like in 90 minutes, we'll be off this pitch. Like, we just, yeah. you know, it's only 90 minutes, we'll be back on the bus or whatever. It was so. Uh-huh. 
Like it, it was just it was bad. They had no intention of doing anything other than showing up, and that was it. That's it. So I mean, we're two Sullen fans, so we, you know, we're we're not the right people to sort of explain or describe what's uh, what's going on. So no. so we'll let Newcastle fans do it, shall we? Yeah, go on then. <laughs> it's still good. <laughs> um, was that a phone into the radio by any chance? <laughs> if it was, it would have been the best what, radio what's call it on? in ever. What is it? It's just on Twitter. Just on Twitter, some guy. You know how people vent everything now. Uh, yeah, we've got a vent. So yes, that's that's how Newcastle fans. Did do. he call him a fucking melon at one point in that? <laughs> I think he called him at the end a bell end. Oh, I thought he said melon. Yeah. <laughs> he's a fucking melon. He's a fucking bell end. Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's do the tweet. I think us we'll have to get on the look in a bit. Won't yeah, we? yeah. Right. So yeah, so yesterday it was it was Mister William Shatner's ninetieth birthday yesterday, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Grand old age. And uh, me and you, we've always loved this thing. So we'll put it on Twitter and we'll put yeah. on um, his cover version of Rocket Man, didn't we? Um, which we've, <laughs> we've talked about man. really. <laughs> yeah, we've talked about it really from being like, I don't know, 18, 19, something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was really yeah, yeah. like early, wasn't Whenever it? Whenever we Have first saw it, it as teenagers, yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't think a lot of people had seen it before. I think it's been on Family Guy and stuff, but I didn't realise that before. So no, no, we no, no. put it on anyway yesterday, and uh, and so far it's getting sixty thousand views plus. <laughs> I think so. It, it was going a bit mental on the on the Twitter stuff yesterday, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Some yeah. nice things people were saying in that. Mm-hmm. You know, some good. Mm-hmm. You know what? The things, funniest thing I think is, I put on um, happy birthday. Hold on, I, I put yeah. on happy birthday, William Shatner, and here he is with like the greatest cover song ever the greatest cover version ever uh-huh. and some people are like oh i haven't seen this before that's great other people are, this is not a very good cover yeah no the, <laughs> the, you cannot <laughs> think this is good <laughs> <laughs> what do you call people who haven't got a sense of irony morons that's what it is <laughs> do you seriously think this is the greatest cover ever but yeah thank you to mr william shatner for that like for sixty thousand people of so here we are, hopefully, and that, that'll be good. I know, but that's what I think the funniest thing is. So 60,000 people watched it. It's been retweeted thousands of times and liked hundreds of times and all of that kind of thousands, hundreds, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, I think I got them the wrong way around. But uh, also, I clicked on the Twitter for the analytics of it. It said, yeah. people who followed you as a direct result of this tweet won. <laughs> <laughs> good result. <laughs> it's, not, it's not really worth it, is it? <laughs> How does it work? So that's social I media for you. That's social yeah. media. Yeah. Um, can you do it? So I thought the funny thing was um the some of the people that replied were or who tweeted it. Steve Everts, the man who in Ken Loach's uh looking yeah. for Cantona. Um mm-hmm. Boris Johnson's brother, he liked it. Yeah. Um yeah. DJ Jaguar Skills, who's uh really, really like uh he, he retweeted it. So there's some like mm-hmm. totally random like semi-famous or famous people tweeted it. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, we shall move on because in the waiting room, we have... In the, the waiting room? In the waiting room. 
Do we have a waiting that? room? It's called that. We have our uh, friend of the show, friend of the podcast, and uh, singer of the band The Mariners, who we played on the podcast early on when we started playing music. Um, mm-hmm. Luke, and we invited him on to talk about Help, the Beatles film and album. Um, yes. Which he wanted us to talk about. We're both big Beatles fans, so we wanted to do that. Um, we're quite happy, aren't we? Quite, quite happy, happy to, to do that. that. So I'm gonna, I'm yeah. gonna admit his presence. How are you doing? Not bad, are you? Yeah, good. I'm yeah, right. I'm all right. Nice Where to is your help? <laughs> go Jump, here we go. I've got it on. I've got it on. Oh, yeah. there it is. Oh, <laughs> yes. I'm boiling out. I'm boiling out as well because I've got one of the old beetle turtlenecks underneath as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm absolutely, nice absolutely roasting, but yeah, I'm all right. <laughs> it's all worth it. It's all worth it, mate. Isn't it? That's it. <laughs> so we, were, we said you wanted to talk about Help by the Beatles film and yeah. album slash soundtrack. Um, yeah. Why did you want us to do that? Uh, well, you'd already done Hard Day's Night. <laughs> I wasn't sure of it. Um, I don't, there's, there's different things. I, I, I'm, I like to chat about plenty of things in life, and some of them are either, they're mainly either football or uh, music. Mm-hmm. And my football club, well, it's, it's not the most interesting stuff to talk about, Notts County, really. I don't think it's got a, glo- a global appeal for your audience. Um, but yeah, we didn't the, the, think about doing that, though, Luke, didn't we? we? We talked about it, didn't we? But I don't know if that would just be kind of just for, for me... For me and you two just talking about our teams and that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Talk about Tommy Johnson. Exactly. The legend, <laughs> the legend is Tommy Johnson. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, 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 well, I can't remember the last time, I, or the first time even that I saw this film. I think it was probably the first time I knew, sort of knew who the Beatles were, or their faces anyway, not necessarily the music. Probably as yeah. like a kid on a bank holiday or something. Can you Wait, remember it's got a very, it's got a very um, sort of Sunday afternoon television sort of feel to it. Yeah, you know, like the, the color, the color of it all, and every, everything about it, and the way it's done in the audio, it's got a very mm-hmm. Sunday, after, Sunday afternoon sort of feel to me. And I was thinking yeah. that again. I've, I've watched it three or four times this week, and again, uh-huh. j- just this morning, I was w- just watching it for a bit, and I get, I, I did think that it, it felt like a Sunday. I should be a sort of a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> da- Dad's on the sofa, fast asleep after having a having, having a roast dinner. That's it, yeah. that sort of that sort of feel mm-hmm. of a film. And I think it was, yeah. it was it was it was the first Beatles film I saw. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's probably because as a as a as a proper youngster, you may be a little bit snobby about black and white films. Um, so I don't know if I, it's I, snobby. I, yeah, I don't know if it's snobby. You're just not used to it. Are you? you don't like. Yeah, it's, it's a bit it's, for our generation. It's a bit strange, isn't it? It's, mm-hmm. Whereas I love black and white films now, and I, I love fifties and sixties sort of films, mm-hmm. style documentaries, yeah. loads of Ken Loach stuff and all that, mm-hmm. and, and Hard Day's Night. But but I think help help holds it holds its own. Mm-hmm. I didn't enjoy it at first. Um, uh-huh. I, I love Hard Day's Night. It's one of my favourite films, probably in my top 10 films like in everything. Um, yeah, I'd agree. But this, the first half an hour, I think, is pretty poor. But once they start going to different places, I think it's absolutely superb. Um, it, takes, it, takes, it takes a bit of time to get going. Yeah. And I'd, yeah. al- I'd also I'd also say that last half hour starts to drag a little bit, mm. but the mid the, yeah. mid the middle bit where all the fi- all the songs are, yeah. the middle mm-hmm. section of the film, it's superb. Yeah, and some of, some of those some of those videos with like, where they're playing songs, for example, this that's some of the best footage as a as a like individual 
song yeah. vid- videos of the Beatles there is. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, I think I, that's what makes the film for me. Those clips of them in the snow at the army like t- training centre and all of that kind of stuff where they're doing the songs and they're like little music videos which were so well massively ahead of that time because nobody else did that. Yeah. Um, and they um, only kind of did them because they were part of a like a big mainstream movie. And like you said before, the look and feel of the film as a whole, the technical kind of aspect of it, and uh, yeah, it's almost kind I of really, jumping off I the really, screen. I really like the start, me. I, I, that's what I liked. I know what you guys are saying in that, and uh, it looked the whole film looks absolutely brilliant. But this, I like the start when they're like walking into the the house and stuff like that, and then you know there's four different doors and things. Uh-huh. I, I love so, yeah. that first bit, like the premise of them all going in the house, and then inside the yeah. house it's all one long big room, uh-huh. and they've all got the different areas. That initial setup bit mm. is great. The but... reason I really love a Hard Day's Night is because you almost get to see the Beatles for who they are, and that that mm. quick wit and. And things like that, and there's less of that yeah. in this film for me. I think it's more like set pieces, isn't it? Yeah. And I think that's got something to do with the. Yeah, there's a, of, there's, a of, there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of silliness and there's a lot of silliness. To yeah, have, really. And it's like slapstick. It, yeah, very slapstick. And I, mm-hmm. I think I, I know that the John John in particular said that there was stone for most of it, and mm-hmm. they they str- they struggled to sort of have any focus when they were recording it. But yeah. I think. Again, watching it sort of, I, I I watch Hard Days Night on a regular basis, and watching them sort of quite close together. There, there's no plot. There's no real plot. To, I know they'll say no. there is a plot to it. There's no plot to it, is it? It's just yeah. how many yeah. different locations can yeah. we shoot videos in? It's a string well, of that's pieces, that's, isn't it? Yeah, that's what they were saying. Or where would be a good place to go? Let's go to the Bahamas. Let's go yeah. to the Alps. Yeah. Let's yeah. do never, all this kind of stuff. You we've know never I mean? been Sorry. never been skiing, so they went yeah, skiing. Let's do that. <laughs> I mean, but yeah. <laughs> It's a one-off idea of film or whatever you go. Yeah, let's go yeah. here. Let's oh, go there. I'm absolutely not knocking it. Yeah, you wouldn't want to just do it down the road, would you? You, you <laughs> yeah, exactly. travel a little bit with it. They had to try and do something different, I yeah. guess, so as well. Yeah. Like, like you've got to remember, Hard Day's Night was like eleven months before. Came out eleven months before. So by the yeah. time they started writing help and start working on all the ideas for it. Hard days that was still fresh in the mind, so you couldn't just go and do exactly the yeah, same yeah. thing again. I agree. And yeah, I think yeah. again, though, I saw I heard an interview where Le- Lennon said they just felt like they were extras in their own film. Yeah, and I don't think that I don't think that was necessarily a bad thing because there was some there were some big big characters and some good actors in there. I think uh, yeah. I think Victor Spinetti's and uh, Roy Kinnear's. I think those those two characters sort of carry it in one way. Yeah, and th- yeah. I think I think they're both really good in it. I think um, Roy Kinnear. And then you've got Eleanor. He's fantastic in it, and then Ella LeBron takes it in a different direction. So I, I, the fact that they were like su- supposedly extras in their own film, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, I mean the first film is all about them and their characters for, and also introducing them to an extent to an American audience who, when it, when the deal was signed to make the film, they weren't huge. So that mm-hmm. was kind of part of the reason for Hard Day's Night to be made, and obviously touched on what Beatlemania was all about. They're huge stars in this one. You don't need to set the scene of who they are. You don't need yeah. all of that character building and all of that kind of stuff. By this point, you know the four Beatles and which one's which and what their different character traits are meant to be. And this film uh-huh. just plunks them in the middle of an absurd plot with some yeah. actually good actors around it. Like you say, Roy Kinnear, I think, is brilliant in everything he's in. He's superb in this. And Eleanor Bron, yeah. the lovely, exotic Eleanor Bron. 
Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't complain with her, definitely not. But what it reminded me of, I love the Pink Panther films. I love those films, and it kind of reminded us of, of those type of films a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. like chasing around this ring and stuff like that. And that's what it reminded me of. But I, I, I still really like it. I, I think it's it's a nice film to watch. I think, isn't it? You still yeah, get a little bit of the Beatles in there. You still, yeah, smile, you still have a smile on your face when you. Yeah, exactly. That's the, same with, that's the same with any Beatles. It's like I can't, I can't hide, I can't hide my love for, for McCartney. Every time McCartney comes on the screen, and mm-hmm. he just does, he does, does one of those little wry McCartney smiles. Mm-hmm. It makes me smile. Mm-hmm. I, I just can't, I just can't help it. I just think, yeah, he's just perfect in a, in just about every single way. There's a bit, obviously a bit of man love going on there and all that sort of thing. But... <laughs> well, the the other thing that I noticed as well is uh, John's Lennon's glasses in there. The, first of all, in the soup hunter, mm-hmm. yes, yeah. he's eating some soup, the, the little round glasses and stuff. And then when he's kind of dressed up, you know, he's in disguise. He's in like a wheelchair as an old man. He's got them on as well. Yeah, so and I also, think this, that was the first. Also, time Ringo he, he Starr looks exactly like alcoholic yeah. Ringo Starr in the late seventies. It's a brilliant. Apparently, those, exactly the same. those those national health specs they they became the rage, and they they were selling out left, right, and center after the film was on. But there's there's a few things in the uh-huh. film where there's little nods to the future. So there's the specs. Mm-hmm. But did you notice um, the guy that's in their big house? The you know the gardener. That's like mm-hmm. got the little teeth from George Harrison. Mm-hmm. He almost looks like exactly like George Harrison looks like on the All Things Must Pass. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he does. Uh-huh, it's, almost, it's almost like they've come to do that, and George has thought all, the, all those years later, oh, let's yeah. go for that. Let's go for that look. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And they've got the brass. They have the brass band um, nod in there as well, where they've they've got got that sort of feel of what's pep, Pepper's coming in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Whether they, whether they foresaw stuff like that that in advance or whether it's just coincidence. Yeah. I mean, the other thing that I read is that this film kind of influenced, like, you know, things that came after one, which was quite surprising, was was the Batman TV series. Yeah. yeah. So it really influenced that, which I, I didn't... I think the colours you know, and the kind of... The acting yeah, the colours, and, sure. and all of that. I read that the Indian restaurant scene is the first time that George Harrison heard Indian music, but yeah, I don't know whether that's true. Yeah. I've, heard, yeah. I've heard that. Apparently he went and went to... Um, some sort of guild school or something in London, and, and basically asks for lessons from somebody. Okay. Mm-hmm. As as a result of the filming of that, I, I, ticket, yeah. to, ticket to Ride could have easily been on Rubber Soul. Yeah. You know, in terms of the set, the sound. Yeah. Because yeah. um, Help is a very much a transition. I think if you compare it to Hard Day's Night, they seem a million miles apart. Yeah. But then, mm-hmm. it, but then Help also seems quite a distance away from Rubber Soul. Yeah. Apart, yeah. apart from maybe Ticket to Ride. But yeah, I mean, I like I like Help as an album. Me, I, I like it. I like listening to the ones. I don't think I ever listen to the Beatles enough. Do you know what I mean? I always have this <laughs> way. I should think. I, I'm thinking myself. I should listen to the Beatles more. I keep telling myself that I should how, listen to the Beatles more. How so, you like, the Beatles you know, all the, I don't know. I don't know how I could possibly do it, but I'm I'm trying to do it. But I uh, go through I go through phases like that though, where yeah, all of a sudden you listen to the Beatles and you think, oh my, why don't I listen to these all the time? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, that's, that's it. But you do maybe you just every now and then you need a need a slight sort of. Not a break from it, but like sometimes a little break just to give yourself a reminder. Yeah, these how good they were. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. Um, uh-huh. I think it also- helps. Helps what? like my top top five Beatles albums. Like what you were saying there about. I, I think it's got weaknesses. Whereas there's some Beatles albums that I don't think have weaknesses. Yeah, um, I agree. So yeah, it won't be it won't be like my top five or top six. But if you compare that to other bands, it's still better than 
everything else virtually everybody else is so it's like <laughs> well, exactly yeah Average, yeah. average by the Beatles standards is still absolutely brilliant yeah. by everybody you else's. I'll still sing mm. along to every single word of every song, you know, like, and, yeah. and you know, sing along to the guitar solos and, and all of that kind of stuff. That's what so I one, think. Of, one of my favourite Beatles songs, I've, I've just seen a face is one of my favourite Beatles songs, especially yeah. in terms of McCartney. I, I just love it. But it, again, it's one of the mm. ones that your average person won't know it. Like, obviously, I know you've got Beatles fans that will know it, but your average yeah. person that's just into music in general, they won't know I've just seen a face. Yeah. Yeah, the one, yeah. But I remember, I think that's one of those where when you get into the Beatles, whatever age that is, and you just know, like, most people know the Red Album back when we were younger, but maybe yeah. different now, mm-hmm. maybe one now or whatever, but you, you know that Greatest Hits album. And then... You, so you know yesterday, you've heard yesterday a million times. Mm-hmm. I think it's weird that yesterday and I've just seen a face are right next to each other on this album. I think that's weird track listing. But anyway, um, when <laughs> it I doesn't, just, it doesn't flow, does it? It's weird, I think. And two yeah. solo McCartney songs right after each other. But anyway, um, the first time you hear I've just seen a face, you, you kind of go, what the fuck? Well, how do I not know this song? How does nobody yeah. know this song? Like, uh-huh. There's a you lot. There's I mean? a lot. There's a lot like that that are hidden away. Yeah. And that never, never would, it never would get close to a greatest hits or yeah. the red and blue albums like the compilation albums, like you say. But I've just seen a face, for example. That again on the other side of the of the ocean, um, in America, that that opened Rubber Soul. I've just seen a face. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Another peculiarity of the Beatles albums, isn't it? But there's a few, there's a few, there's a few like that around this era. And again, you <laughs> think something like that. If you had, I've just seen a face and say Ticket to Ride on our version of Rubber Soul, all of a sudden, yeah. that's that's just elevated to, an, that album would just be ele- elevated to another level as, it, again. It has mm-hmm. also made this album 10 times worse if you do that. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> it'd be struggling, wouldn't it? <laughs> no, I mean, look, we're being harsh, and like you say, by most people's standards, this is a, what, a fantastic album. You just look at the track list and, you know, help to open it. I mean, what a song. But then you've got, mm-hmm. you've got a Heidi Love Away, Ticking a ride on the first side, fantastic. I think the second side suffers. If it didn't have yesterday on, then there's really no songs on there that a lot of people would know. You've mentioned before, like the speed of them bringing out Hard Day's Night and this, and in the middle they've done albums and they've got to write these songs yeah. and they're yeah. on tour. They are rushed. Like how they managed to do what well, they did. If you I mean, help, the- help. He just wrote that for the film, didn't he? In a day. Yeah. Or something, John Lennon. So they're yeah, just Dick, all Dick, rushed, Dick, don't they? Dick, Dick Lester told him what the film was going to be called. He said, "This yeah. is what we're going to call it." Um, yeah. Sort sort it out, basically. Just write write a song. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a it's amazing that the pace that they're working at, and it's amazing all the way what through. No wonder they were burned yeah. out and like you know did try to do stuff to escape their uh, the routine and all of that kind of stuff, and, mm-hmm. and totally stop fed up of it. Yeah, yeah. You, you can see you can see why George in particular was getting a bit narky towards like the late late sixties, can't you? Like, yeah. mm-hmm. he just he just had enough. He just had enough of having McCartney on one shoulder, maybe talking to it at times. And I, I'm looking for I'm looking forward to the Get Back film yeah. coming out. Yeah, because I, th- I think I think that will di- I think that will dispel some myths about all that sort of falling out and the bad mood. And I know George could be grumpy at times, but I, you know I love George, and I think he obviously has got a, a good sense of humour and. You know, you don't get get to make the life of Brian films and all of that kind of stuff without it. And he's obviously sarcastic and 
caustic and all of that kind of stuff. But he's very pious at the same time. He's like both ends of the spectrum. Like he gets really pissed off with everything and he's really preachy while yeah. he kind of, he's a bit hypocritical, I think, sometimes. I mean, everybody is to some extent. But I think George is one of those characters where you're like, peace and love and, and Buddha and all that. You're shagging around and you're doing loads of coke. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Why the fuck not, man? Well, you know, when you're a Beatle, I suppose. Or, uh-huh. And he's got a, he wears a top hat in this film, which is super. He does. Again, he does. that looks smart. That looks smart, doesn't it? When they're going down on that sledge, and he's he's got that. Yeah, one. he's got I the think top that's, hat. On, man. That's one of the things about this film is, I presume it's the first time loads of people had seen them in anything other than the suits that they'd be wearing on TV yeah. shows mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Because, like you say, it's only very recently where they've done the Royal Variety performances and all of that kind of stuff, and the those tours that they're very much Epstein's like boys wearing the, the collarless suits mm-hmm. and all of that and in this they're in jeans, t-shirts I was capes. just about to say they're in jeans you, and you think back to the beat even now of all you've seen of ever of the Beatles you don't see much of them where there's shots of them in jeans. It's unusual yeah. Paul McCartney in particular looks a bit weird in jeans and a t-shirt yeah. And like, I, sometimes, yeah. I sometimes think to myself, I sometimes think, were jeans just not that big a thing in the 60s? Because the, the main band that you think of, the Beatles, you never really saw it. But, yeah. but, but they obviously were, but it's just... Yeah, it's I, I particularly liked uh, John Lennon's brown suede jacket. Yeah, that's very what nice. I, that's what very I love. Nice. Yeah. But again, like, and then it moves into rubber sole afterwards. He's got it on there, yeah. hasn't he? Yeah, but yeah. also if you look at like David Crosby and people like that, they all mm-hmm. dressing like these guys after this film comes out. The birds mm-hmm. all dress like this or, or whatever, you know, like the the. Country- and we've got we've got to talk about the hair. The hair is who's your favorite amazing. hair in the film? Well, oh, after, oh. I like I like the Courtney's <laughs> hair at the start when he comes out the house. He looks a bit oh, like yeah. uh, Noel Gallagher. Well, always, Noel Gallagher Paul's... looks a bit like him, I would say. <laughs> Paul's always my favourite from a hair point of view. But then there is, there is, there is, but there is the odd moment. Like at one point, you see George, like sort of fr- front on, and his hair is huge. It's like taking yeah. on a whole yeah, new yeah. The, the size yeah. of it. And you think, yeah, I, I do think I'd love, I'd love some volume like that because my, I've, <laughs> I'm, I'm start, I've started, to, I've lost all my volume now. That's why I've got the hat on. <laughs> I've still got some length, but there's no thickness to it. And uh, <laughs> again, watch, watching these films, it does nothing for your uh, sort of self confidence in that sense. No, not from I the think hair we'll, point we'll of view. need to go and buy those '60s Beatles wigs, don't we? That used to sell. <laughs> just walk around with them on. Ringo's, on the other hand, just weird. Just weird. <laughs> <laughs> He's just let it go, hasn't he, Ringo? Completely let it go. <laughs> the shape of Ringo's, the shape of Ringo seems to pop out in different places at times. And it's, it's, yeah. like it's, it's got, a, it's got a mind of its own at times. The other thing I like with Ringo was how they kept chucking him in the water, even though they knew he couldn't swim. It's like yeah. they, they wanted to kill him. <laughs> well, they, I mean, he keeps saying, "I can't swim. I can't swim." Apparently, he told Eleanor Brom that he couldn't swim just as they were about to jump in, and as, <laughs> as they were jumping in, and she sort of questioned it as they were going in. Yeah, she obviously <laughs> wearing, she was wearing like heavy heavy leather at the time as well. And she was yeah. already worried about she wasn't going to be able to swim, and then Ringo <laughs> just mentions it as they're actually going yeah. in. The Ringo, thing is, though, that I was thinking about that, and that must have been obviously he was like sickly and ill as a child. Now yeah. he just must have yeah. never learned well, to swim. That's what I was going to say because that scene where. Um, they were they're in the army thing and the tanks and all of that stuff are going past. Like mm-hmm. they all look freezing in that. But there's one bit where Ringo looks like he's gonna cry. He's so cold. Like the <laughs> it's like the first it's the first shot. 
it's the first shot of that song, and it's a close-up yeah. of him, and he genuinely—he's looks- like shaking. Isn't he? <laughs> yeah, it, looks- <laughs> it looks like it's a joke, but it's not. Like he's just yeah. it's him playing the drums. <laughs> I don't think he'd be as—I don't think he'd be as cold as what Mal Evans was when they were in Austria, and he was in the um, yeah <laughs> in, in the middle of the snow because yeah. apparently they made them film. They made Mal Evans film that a few times. Like the first time, <laughs> and he's like, he's, he's, there's risk of hyperthermia here. Oh no, we need we need another take. We need another take <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean, look, we've said there's can you nitpick with the film? Can you nitpick with the album? Absolutely, but really, the both it's bring, the Beatles, oh, man. It's the Beatles, and it's great, and they both bring and all of us a lot it. of joy and you know, yeah. the fun. And we Definitely. could talk about it all day and every other album and every other film, I'm sure. Um, we've only got a few minutes left with the three of us on before I need to close it down because I'm not paying for premium Zoom. Well, we're going to say goodbye and then introduce you again in a fashion in about five minutes' yeah. time. So, um, thank you very much, Luke. Take care. Nice one. Thanks and for you. recommending help. And Cheers, uh, yeah, we Cheers, will uh, we'll speak to you again soon, I'm sure. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> we said goodbye to Luke. Um, <laughs> he's coming back again. Think of it as his encore. Normally, what we do at the end of the show is uh, Brett will give me an impossible quiz. Um, which you can bear the brunt of this week. And then um, the end music is going to be your band, The Mariners. And because we didn't get a chance to talk much about the band, we thought we'd ask you back so you can tell us a little bit more about what you're up to, um, the song and all of that stuff. So, Brett, quiz? Mm -hmm. Question mark? Well, yeah, this week it's an 80s advert quiz. So I hope you're all up on stuff like that. Yeah, all right. We'll let uh, coffee. We'll let Luke answer first. He get if he gets the answer wrong, then you can have a go, Cliff. I'm happy to take a back enough? seat. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> what sweets came in strawberry, orange, lemon, and lime, and were made to make your mouth water? What do you reckon, Luke? Opal fruits. Oh, you've got it in one. I'll <laughs> let Cliff answer the next one then. <laughs> You're too good. Really hard, right? <laughs> Which beer advert threatened you could have a Lionel Blair cut like mine, followed by the slogan, time for a sharp exit? Um, <laughs> yes, it's time for a cool, sharp hop. That's right. Well done. So, uh, look, you've got the next one. Uh, which dance uh, is guaranteed to put the freshness back? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I know it. I know it. Um... I actually remember an advert in that where there was like 10 people all with Vax in a light. Uh, was it sh- Shake and Vac? Shake and Vac it was. Yeah. Well, yeah. he's, a, he's a doing well here, aren't you? He's a doing well here. Cliff, this one's for you then. Right. Which drink advised you to shake the bottle to wake the drink? Why am I in all drinks? Oh, this is... I don't know. Right? It's just the way it's this worked is, out. Uh, I didn't plan for this. I, I mean, I don't know, but I presume it's Orangina. It is orange. <laughs> Jesus. He's doing well, aren't you? <laughs> uh, this one's for you then, Luke. Which advert advised wives to purchase products for their husbands that could drive into anything, almost if it wasn't there, or to really surprise them, get them a stripper? What? You can't have said that. You know, there's got to be a better way to say that question. I'm going to. Gonna... No better way to say that question. <laughs> get, it was, yeah, it was a bit long-winded, wasn't it? It was um, a little bit one. A little bit. But there you go. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna guess, and I, the only reason I'm guessing is on the word stripper. I'm gonna go for a black and decker. Black and decker? Did you say? He yeah, did. he did. He's right, isn't he? Oh, nice. These one. questions these questions have been kind to me because I wouldn't have got either of your two. Come, do you want look down the last one, or would you like to take it, Cliff? Well, would you like to pass it, it over to a buzzer system? A buzzer system. How, <laughs> how are you going to work that out? What are you going to do? Know. Screech like a banshee. <laughs> Put your hand up. <laughs> well, you can both just shout the answer out. Okay. Then. Which advert featured a skeleton which told you you could re-record <laughs> and it. not fade away in the style of good old Buddy Holly? Panasonic. Oh, Cliff. I'm doubting myself now. I was so confident <laughs> two minutes ago. I think it's Toshiba. Oh, he is a both wrong. Is it not Toshiba? Everything. Ah, it's oh. Scotch, I'm Scotch. afraid. Scotch. Bastards. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sorry you've lost all it's your all right. prizes. I came with nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I've, had great, I've had a great day. <laughs> but you still get your bully. You've got some new stuff coming out. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about the band and what, what you do and all of that kind of stuff? Yeah, so we um we, the first album came out like you say about a, about a year ago now, and we sent you sent you one of the singles. Um, and we kind of only released it for ourselves really. We never thought anything had come on it come of it really. But um, one or two of the songs did quite well on like social media, got a bit of traction, and um, we always wanted to have just a copy of our own album on a vinyl record. That yeah. that was always yeah. just a dream. If it, if it meant that we had to pay. 80 quid for one individual copy so we had one each or one each so mm -hmm. to speak we never dreamt that we'd end up like doing them mass produced and and selling them but um people put requests in so we did it and um during lockdown we'd we'd already started working on the second album when the first one was released so okay. that's what that's what we're in the process of now and um we've had two singles out from it and um yeah we're, we're about to play the you're about to play the uh, the, the third one from the new album and the new album's out in it's been delayed it's been put back till june yeah. so sometimes you, you end up being on a lot of shows or a lot of radio stations at once and as a band you can't possibly listen to everything you've been on it's just not possible mm. yes yeah. some, some reason there was a night where i was sat down doing some artwork because i also do artwork and i sat down doing some artwork and i wanted to, to play so i whacked the episode on that we were going to feature on on yours and yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know whether we were going to be on at the start, in the middle, at the end. So I just whacked it on. I thought I'd listen to it. And it got to the end. Uh -huh. And I thought well, that, that whole episode, I really enjoyed it. And, and uh -huh. then we were, and then I almost forgot that we were tagged, up, tagged on the end. <laughs> I, I noticed yeah. since saying, obviously, you've had a lot of bands, a lot of bands that we know, a lot of bands that we follow. Um, and uh -huh. there's been one or two artists that we don't follow that I've heard you play. And I've been like, oh, f f sort of then find them for yourselves. So podcasts and radio stations yeah. that do the sort of thing you're doing just helps spread a little bit of bit of the word plus, and that and that's good plus luke it means that me and me and cliff are turned into john peel doesn't it <laughs> so this might be a stupid question and it probably is a stupid question but me, me and cliff love live music and stuff like that and would love to see you guys play have you got any ideas of, of playing live sort of I'm, in gonna, your head? I'm gonna bet it's not gonna be in dubai we was asked about a year ago uh to do a gig in manchester and we was given a, an original date and a provisional date. Well, we're now on the second provisional date, but it, it, it is happening later this year in September. Um, uh -huh. And all being well, that's that's going ahead. Oh, and nice. then, and then there's um, and that was off a, a radio a radio show that we was on uh, where we did a bit of an interview, and they they decided to put their own night on. 
and then uh, we've got our own night that we that was going to originally be our album launch. So we'd we'd okay. penciled in an album album launch that then obviously got put back. So we then changed it to what was going to be a socially distanced gig last November, but that got put back again. So yeah. we're looking at just confirming some dates for that at the minute, but we, mm-hmm. we're expect we're expecting sort of summer summertime. Do you want to introduce the song? Tell us a bit about it, and um, we'll get it played. Yeah, this is the third single from our forthcoming album. The album is called Tales from the Great Central Line, Volume 1. Um, and so far we've had uh, Dear Genevieve. We, that was the first mm-hmm. single, and that was written about my daughter, um, just about, about basically becoming a father. Then we had There Before Time, which was a song that we did about um, the Great Central uh, Railway and the old, the old systems yeah. in the 60s and 70s. And then this is the third single, which you're going to play now, which is called Jennifer. Uh, just a, a good feel, poppy, poppy loves love love story really. Yeah, it's nice. It's uh, I've had it on it's a lovely, few times yeah. today. It's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks, Luke. Appreciate you being on. Appreciate the song. Thank you. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. This is Jennifer, like Luke says, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye bye. Nice one. Bye. Cheers, gents.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.